Seeking the Wise Wise. With Aaron and Alexander discussing the just philosophy. Covering self-development, emotional processing, conscious relationships, and five levels of overall wellness. Welcome, everybody, to the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron Keith. Along with me is the man himself, Alexander. Hello, everyone. So good to be here with you. And uh, we're looking forward to getting into some uh, celebrities today. And so if this is the first time you've joined us, uh, we've been doing this for over five and a half years, bringing the just philosophy to you with tools and techniques to further your self-growth journey. And these two systems that we're going to be talking about today uh, within the lives of Lady Gaga and Jim Carrey are the human design system and the destiny card system, which we use in junction with the, the just philosophy to help you understand yourself and your energetic makeup of your default energy of how you came into this world. Yes, and I love both of these systems, and I studied many different astrological systems over a period of time. And when I got introduced to both of these systems, uh, the Destiny Card system was probably about 28 years ago, and the Human Design system was about 18 years ago. And when I got introduced to both of them, it was just like an automatic language that I connected to. But we don't want to restrict it to to just these two if any of our listeners or avid practitioners of any type of astrological system, uh, we feel that it can be used in a similar way. So by no means are we saying these are the best or the only ones, but they are the ones that resonated with me originally and Aaron seems to really resonate with them. And so that's why we wanted to focus and do kind of like a little spotlight. We randomly picked um, a couple of celebrities, the Jim Carrey, the comedian and actor, and then Lady Gaga, the actress and uh, singer, mainly uh, randomly. Like we were just talking about who to focus on, um, and we wanted to have some random in it. And uh, it's going to be interesting when we get down to discussing the specifics of these two, because there's similarities with both of them and Aaron and myself. And so we will be discussing, uh, you know, how these two systems are actually utilized in conjunction with the philosophy, um, because people can choose any tool to use them, you know, however they want. And we just want to be clear in the way that we're going to be using them both through this podcast today and then how uh, this is how the same way that I utilize them with all the clients that I work with. And so, Alexander, what would you say is the difference between the two systems, but also the the kind of benefits that you would get uh, with each? Well, the main thing that I like to highlight with the Destiny card system is it really gives you a good snapshot of your personality and your higher self. And so for for most people outside of Leo's in Western astrology, um, there's two different cards. Uh, Leo's have the same card doubled. So for most people, the there's a different aspects from your personality card to that birth card. And so there's like parts of your personality that all of us normally need to leave behind to step into a higher type of energy. 
And I really like the Destiny card system because that shows you that pathway. Um, it doesn't give you the details of what you have to let go, but normally there's high sides of all energies and there's low sides of all energies. So we want to bring in more of the high aspects, high vibrational aspects of both of these cards and leave behind the lower aspects. And then with the human design system, it's a great snapshot of your energetic makeup. It gives you your nine chakras, main chakras, or energy centers, and gives you a determination of whether you're putting energy out into the world or you're more of an empath and absorbing people's energy or where that balance is with each individual. So overall, this gives you a personality snapshot, a higher self or direction that is suggested to go snapshot, and then an energetic snapshot as well. So between the higher self, the personality, and the energetic makeup, it really helps uh, for anyone that puts any time in studying this to truly understand this whole uh, human experience and to navigate through the obstacles and to optimize the uh, opportunities. Yeah. The things I love about each system uh, with the, the human design, I love how it shows me how I interact with other people's energies once I get within like a six to eight foot radius of them and how like our charts would overlap. And that explains the different feelings that I have when I'm around certain people. And when I can become aware of those things, it can bring me more consciousness so that I'm aware of how other people affect me. So I can be aware of how people can manipulate me in certain ways. Um, or influence may, may might be a better word uh, there because manipulation is kind of like a, a negative uh, a point of view of that energy. And then with the destiny cards, my favorite thing about them is the yearly birth chart reports that you can get for your birth year uh, every year. And it kind of shows you the uh, kind of like energetic weather that you'll be or influences that you'll be going through throughout that year. And just things that you can be aware of. And it shows you kind of like what energies will be supported that year and what energies you may have to will a lot more. And so you can make uh, more conscious choices about, you know, the things that you choose to focus on, the things that may flow more to you and the things that you may have to battle, <laughs> put more energy into. And then, you know, your your decisions could be more wise. Yes. And I think that, you know, this is it's so wonderful to have roadmaps like these to help out. and. You know, I want to say that a great term to utilize is influence in this, that some people I've had get defensive and say that they feel like astrology puts them in a box. And my view is this is the way out of the box. When you understand your your obstacles and your gifts, um, the more I feel like the more you understand those, then the more you're able to manage both. And so to me, this helps you get out of the box, but they are just influences. So even with that yearly report, which I, you know, sell for $25, it's not very much of an investment, but you can literally, you know, track the influences that are going to be there. So when somebody's thinking about starting a new business or starting a new relationship or letting go of a relationship or letting go of maybe a, a job from the past. Like this can literally show when may be a supportive time or a non-supportive time to have that experience. But again, we were gifted free will, at least in the way that we perceive things. 
And so we can go about it however we want to. Um, many times when I even mention the term Mercury retrograde, I'll have people that'll say, well, I've never heard that term, therefore it's never affected me. And I find that so funny to, that, no, you have been affected many times, but you just didn't have the intellectual connection of what was actually that influence. And therefore, it's not able to be tracked. So that person is not likely to master that influence to where Mercury retrogrades can be tracked. These, these planetary influences, you know, they can be tracked uh, in accordance with your birth chart or when you came in. And to me, it's just fascinated me over all of these years of studying this, how it's helped my compassion for people my understanding of just how different we really are um, on many different levels, but at the core, we're mostly searching for something similar. And so the human experience just reminds me of when I delved into studying every religion that I could. And the more you study, the more you see how many differences is there is in the way it's practiced. But also, the more you study, the more you realize that people are really striving for very, very similar things. And so this is kind of like a macrocosm uh, and microcosm experience to where the, the religions are the huge macrocosm. And this is looking at the microcosm of ourselves as a unit. And so I do get excited about talking about uh, these two systems um, they are the, the only two systems that are utilized in the just philosophy um, that's outside of it. And um, they're important tools. They're very helpful to navigate our relationships um, and the directions that we want to, you know, take and experience in our lives. Yeah, it is interesting. You mentioned that some people think that uh, these types of revealing systems about people's energetic design could be astrology, could be the ones we're talking about today can seem like they put people in a box. And um, the way we are going to be talking about them today, this is kind of how you were made as a human when you're present into this world. And then the way we utilize it is it reveals to you where your strengths and weaknesses are so that you can make conscious decisions on where you want to put your energy into growing and building certain attributes or aspects about yourself. So we use it as more of a, a growth tool to identify where you are because you can't really go in a direction unless you realize where, you're, where you've come from or where, you, where you're standing right now. Uh, so it, it's a good snapshot of you know, how you were made. And I always joke around, like we only get so many attribute points. So, so don't get down on yourself if, uh, if maybe you don't interact with energy a certain way that you always wanted to. You can definitely work towards growing in that direction if that's something that you um, think that you desire. Um, but I did also want to bring in uh, our kind of energetic makeups quickly before we start to get into these two people so that uh, there's like a basis point because throughout it will be kind of uh, relating it to our own experiences. And so I think it's important that we kind of touch upon them before we get started. Sure, actually. Wearing my Queen of Hearts shirt today to represent uh, the Queen of Hearts is my birth card and Ten of Clubs is my personality card. Um, and then I'm of a generator. Um, a 4-1 is my profile. And um, 
And now with Aaron, go ahead and share your your attributes. So I am a uh, three of diamonds and a seven of diamonds. So three of diamonds is my birth card. Seven of diamonds is my personality. And I am a three, five generator. So I'm very creative, don't like conflict, and blunt. <laughs> I guess if I had to put it in three words <laughs> for that. So yeah, so we're just... Uh, for this, uh, for us sharing, we're just talking about our our profile uh, types and the main type, and then just the cards. Um, as we get into Lady Gaga and Jim Carrey, we we may work ourselves into the energy centers, and we actually have an episode about the energy centers coming out um, soon. If we don't put it out before uh, before this episode comes out, so. Uh, Make sure you tune into that if you want more information on the different energy centers of the human design. Uh, so, Alexander, if people are wondering, okay, this sounds awesome. How can I get uh, my human design chart or my destiny card cards? Or how can I get a, that awesome birth chart report, yearly report that Aaron was talking about? Uh, how can they do that? Well, first of all, they can go to my website at thejustphilosophy.com or can email me at alexander at thejustphilosophy.com. And that's J-U-S-T philosophy.com with the in the front of it. All right. Yeah. And, and so kind of the a uh, little bit of the process that we're going to be going through is very similar to what they would get from you if they did get a personalized reading, right? Yes, this will be. Very, very similar, um, although we're talking about two people. But when I do um, relationship consulting, uh, many times we approach it like this. And again, we're not saying that we're fans or not fans of uh, these artists. Um, these were picked kind of at random. But there is a certain level of um, experience that it seems like they've gone through, drastic experiences and both the kind of artists that they are and from childhood, what being that artist was like and then where they seem to be, you know, at the present moment. So looking forward to getting in and dissecting this a little bit while sharing that it was just, um, you know, uh, a little chance of fate, I suppose, that we're dealing with four generators. And in the human design, there are manifestors. Manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And so the specialty of reflectors is they have all their centers are all white. And so they're the most empathic of anyone. And so with generators, we're more of the uh, workhorse type of people, the, the doers. And so many times generators in general can be taken uh, as being too aggressive or being uh, dominant energy because we're short in the way that we communicate. We really want to get the point across in as few words as possible. And sometimes that can come across as very blunt. So, uh, so normally, you know, that's the beauty of these systems is everything has a high side and a low side, a high vibration and a low vibration. When you operate either low vibrations, you normally experience the, the lower type of emotions. When you operate in the higher vibrations, you're more likely to uh, experience those higher type of emotions. 
but this all fluctuates being a human being. So it's very important that the focus on this isn't what is right and wrong in us. It's just where we have strength, we may not need to put as much effort in as where we have weaknesses. And so this method is a way to not dwell on your weaknesses, but to accept them and then to move forward on a daily basis of how to strengthen those. I call it strengthening your utility belt so that when a situation comes up in the future, you're not stuck and limited in how you manage that. You, you're constantly gaining tools about yourself and about communication with others in how to keep that uh, interaction as responsive rather than as reactive as it can be. And so I do want to preface to all of the Lady Gaga fans and Jim Carrey fans out there that we are not experts in their life. Um, I did a, a little bit of research to try to get the highlights of their life, any like very impactful moments that may shape you know their life based on some trauma that they may have or just like their environment growing up. So if you're out there and you're like, oh, whoa, but I, but I know, you know, more, um, just I'm, I'm, I'm self-admitting that I'm ignorant uh, about their lives and I just have very little information and, and I try to pick the most important parts um, from a quick little research session. So um, I, I bow to you guys in expertise. You know a lot more, but, uh, but we're going to be trying to focus more on their energetic uh, charts and, and maybe... Um, how their human design destiny cards have shaped them into the people that they are. And so we can, we'll, we'll get started with Lady Gaga. Um, she was born Stefani Joanne Angelina Germanata. Uh, hopefully I said that right. That is a long name. Uh, she was born on March 28th, 1986, just a couple years younger than myself. And she's an Aries like myself. So we have that kind of energy in common. And I can kind of see that in her. She, she has a, like a, a masculine type of uh, tone to her, but she also has that kind of curiosity for life because Aries are like that, that they're the first sign in the zodiac. So they're kind of like that fresh perspective of that baby of the universe uh, in a way. And um, she's sold over 170 million records. That's a lot of vinyl. Alexander. And there's a lot of vinyl. <laughs> yes. Uh, she was born in Manhattan, New York. And I thought it was interesting that she was brought up Catholic, uh, which I was also brought up Catholic. And Jim Carrey was also brought up Catholic. So we have all that going for us as well. Uh, and I, I thought that that was an interesting perspective to bring in because just relating it to my life, um, that Catholic beginning for me really... Uh, cemented uh, like fear-based uh, views of the world and which, you know, environmentally created a lot of, um, I don't want to say, I don't, I mean, I, I, we can call it trauma, I guess, but it, some people think that trauma is like blunt force trauma to the head, but uh, experiences anyway. shaped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it shaped the way I viewed the world and myself and it brought in a lot of like shame and there there are parts of myself that I was taught to not accept and so you can see how that could create a lot of friction internally with with younger kids especially when they're they're being brought up especially when you go through puberty and you're taught to you should have shame if you have certain feelings 
but some of these things are natural processes of the human body. So you're kind of, you know, setting everybody up, you know, more or less uh, to have some internal self shame and self judgment uh, for being a natural person. Yeah. I mean, that this is very common in childhoods and depending on some how you're raised or the environment is supported through either through religion or spirituality or lack thereof of those, all of those different variables, you know, have normally a pretty significant effect on most people. And often people get stuck in being victims of that rather than just seeing it for what it is. Uh, I like to say that you know, most parents are doing the best with what they know how to work with. Uh, that doesn't excuse any kind of abuse or anything like that. But it helped me to just realize that, of course, my family introduced uh, Baptist uh, Christianity to me. And there were parts that I was able to pull from and make useful. And then there were parts that, that I didn't. So we're not going to get in a deep dive in any of these uh, these two or our own you know, religious experiences, so to say. But yeah, I think it is worth just mentioning what that uh, general background is. Yeah. And of course, uh, like you mentioned, you know, we don't judge it. And I actually look at my upbringing as I'm actually uh, grateful that I had that upbringing because based on how I've seen my energetic design, uh, I feel like if I didn't have that upbringing, I may have been very... uh, more sexual in my early years. And this kind of upbringing helped me to not do that or as it could have been a potential. So I'm grateful that I was able to not have that um, experience in my, in my youth and uh, so that I could mature more and, and do all that. Cause I feel like I could have uh, definitely got off the rails there. Mm. Um, and okay. So she, I think she was the oldest again, like it, I read that she had one sister and it didn't say either way. So I think she was the oldest uh, of two. And it said that her parents were uh, lower class hard workers. Um, But she did go on and attend an all girls Catholic school, which I thought was uh, interesting because again, like you're, you're now as a growing child going into puberty, you're now in an all girls school so I think there is something there that that uh, could play a role um, in her sexuality as she grows older. And I thought this was interesting. She was described as very dedicated, uh, serious, and disciplined, but a bit insecure. And I, I think that's kind of like an Aries in a way. I mean, I, everybody is insecure in their own ways. And Aries are definitely insecure. They just don't like people to, to know. So... Um, Sounds like she was being uh, very authentic. At the age of four, her mom wanted her to be a more cultured woman when she grew up. So she started taking piano lessons and she attended an art school at 17. One piece of trauma that I thought was important to bring in here was she said that at age 19, she was raped and she had PTSD from that. And that I could see how that could shape some of her views and energy as she's she's a very like over dramatic and sexual person um that you know she puts off those energies in her visualizations within her music um where she you know she dressed up in a meat suit 
And, you know, just she makes points, which to me is is very like Aries masculine energy, um, activism energy. Um, but I thought that was interesting to definitely note because uh, that that trauma definitely shapes the way we interact with the world. Yeah, it, it plays a, a big role. Any traumas in, that anyone experiences in, again, trauma, from my view, is measured by each individual. And we can't really compare traumas or anything like that because, again, the age of when the trauma happens plays a big role in how we uh, begin to process or how we struggle to process it. So, you know, so much of that is in alignment with, you know, looking at her cards and she happens to be a 10 of hearts, uh, planetary ruling or personality card and an eight of clubs birth card. And, you know, right off the bat, the 10 of hearts, uh, tens are all about groups. And normally the group is around whatever the, um, the type of card, whether it's a heart or a diamond or a club or a spade. And all of those represent different things. And here with hearts that represents relationships typically. So her being around groups of people, being in front of groups of people and I happen what little bit I know about her personally, her family is extremely important to her, uh, even down to her grandparents and getting together with family is so important. And then seeing that 10 of hearts really do good to perform in front of people or be the teacher, the leader. And so see by her parents getting her involved in the arts early, that set her up for an outlet for that look at me uh, type of personality and see so many parents that don't understand that, you know, don't always provide a way for a child such as her to be in front of people. So what they do is they seek for attention all the time, which can lead to problematic relationships. And, and I feel like her having that artistic outlet was exceptionally important and in her development of where she wound up, you know, being extremely successful and being received very well. But see, at the same time, when she got introduced into the business, the promoters and people producing her wanted to present her in a, a certain way. But that's not necessarily the way that she wanted to present herself. So she had to struggle in the system of them making her this overly dramatic like costumes and all those types of things. And I think it's very important that most people know that a lot of that wasn't her ideas. It was her being forced to do that, which led to, you know, small breakdowns or large breakdowns at, at different points and to where she felt like that she was always around people except at night. And then she felt all alone. And so this is, you know, both the rewards and the cost of this kind of makeup. But I did want to point out that when you mentioned that about the four years old getting introduced to piano and that type of thing is so important for this type of personality, especially as a kid, to have that outlet because they're going to get attention. And in many kids that aren't introduced to a way to have that outlet, they will turn out to be problem teenagers and create a lot of havoc um, from a legal standpoint. And it's such a shame, but here, this is a success story, at least in the aspect of the parents supporting her in how she was designed to be, you know, and then we get into the more of the eight of clubs. But before I do, is there anything that you want to point out that you connected to 
with that 10 of hearts. No, I was interesting in seeing how uh, she was working towards growing into the eight of clubs. And that was going to be my ne- my next question. Yes. And so the, you know, the eight of clubs can be very stubborn type of people. Um, they're one of what's called the fixed cards and the fixed cards are just that they're uh, impenetrable to like change their view or the way that they see things, especially when the card is in clubs, which is connected to um, knowledge of all types. And Lady Gaga and I happen to share the same two suits. She's a 10 of hearts. I'm a queen of hearts. And then she's a eight of clubs and I'm a 10 of clubs. So we share the tens, we share the clubs, we share the hearts. So going back to the eight of clubs, there's a lot of pressure that comes from that eight to succeed, to be a leader type personality, to be out front. And many times, like I said earlier, that can come across as being very brass or not willing to be flexible. So see, even when she went along with the production of how they wanted to present her, see, internally, she was still fixed and she wasn't okay with being presented that way. And that created stress and a lot of traumatic type of experiences that I felt like she had to go through to where now she's a very well-established artist. And I think that she gets to direct a whole lot more of how she's presented, um, you know, I really enjoyed her her acting, and I think it was called A Star Was Born or Star Is Born, and w- across from Bradley Cooper, and I thought they did a, an amazing job. But she got to portray just a you know a so-called normal struggling artist, and I think she connected with that role because she would have liked to have had that path that would have been a lot different from the path that she was given. So see those internal struggles, even when people go along with things, especially very fixed people, it can create these traumas and stressors down the road. And I think that's very important to, you know, to to look at. It even says that mentions that, um, you know, many eight of clubs, women especially should never allow their relationships to come in front of their business or the work or there won't be a certain satisfaction there. And I'm not sure about her romantic life, but it seems like she has been pretty focused on work uh, ever since she's been introduced uh, to the the stardom role, so to say. Yeah, and like we mentioned, uh, Alexander and I and Jim Carrey and Lady Gaga are all generators. So what role has that played in her life? Uh, the generators are like the backbones of societies. We are the ones, we're like the ants of society. <laughs> we, we make it happen by chopping the wood and carrying the water. That's how we get things done and, and, and build uh, the life that we want. Yes, it's the consistency of effort over time. And both of these people that we're going to talk about today, you know, have been extremely diligent in a certain direction to gain the success that they both were striving for. And so, you know, for, um, for generators and manifesting generators, especially there is the ability to make that happen through self-promotion through, through self actions, but like projectors are much better in groups or being part of something and manifestors many times have people to do the work for them. So, see, it's not that any of those different types are better or worse than others. There's just different aspects. And if you have a better understanding, like if you're a generator, then, you know, my suggestion normally is, hey, find a direction or a thing that you're really into 
and then just chop wood, carry water over long periods of time, and eventually you will develop something out of that. And not everybody can do that. So, but that is part of the generator's design and what I feel like helped both of these to to be extremely successful in the directions that um, you know that they're going. But here's here's a big twist, like. In the eight of clubs, many times they're called for um, toward a higher power. And we'll get into this when I uh, discuss her human design just a little bit. But um, see that that mental satisfaction of most clubs is limited. So I see Lady Gaga being a person that gets much more into uh, being an active an activist for human rights or situations to where there are struggles and now see she can use her her fame her money the things that she has accumulated up to this point i think she's around 37 years old to really have a drastic effect out there being a humanitarian and that's the direction that i see her going yeah that's definitely what i've read about her uh the last uh few years or so now, she is a 5-1 profile in the human design, and that's a little mixture of the both of us as well. Uh, me having the 5 in my, uh, I forget what the last number is, but it's like how people perceive you, but you may not kind of see it in yourself. Yes, that's the um, conscious and unconscious uh, gates uh, that we're not going to get deeply into, but Typically, the the red lines on the human design or the the gates that are lit up in red are subconscious things you may not be aware of, and then the black gates are more conscious of aspects that you you are aware of. And as Aaron was saying earlier, you know he shares he's a three five profile and I'm a four one, and she has she is the five one. So it is a the split of those two different ones that we Aaron and I share one of each and the first number the five is more dominant and the second number is secondary and so with that the fives typically avoid conflict at all costs and we can of course let Aaron chime in and talk about that here in just a moment because he shares that five and so fives can be challenged to communicate with people that they have obstacles with and that's important to know because if you know that that's part of aspect of your life, then see, you can work a little bit harder to make sure you don't avoid those situations, but it's a, it's a process. And then the one is very, uh, the five is very social too. It's known to be social, but see the one is the most, uh, person that needs the most solitary confinement to be alone of anyone and I carry the one and know this very well that to do what I do day in and day out to work with people with their challenges no matter what they may be then I need the alone time to recoup and process and release all that stuff to be prepared the next day so that's how the one uh, plays out is needing that alone time to where the five is one of the most social of the profile numbers so see there's a huge um, gap here in, like I said earlier, she's talked about being around hundreds or thousands of people every day. And then at night, you know, she's completely alone, but maybe she hasn't embraced how beautiful that one is. She's so overstimulated by her day 
that it's hard to get to the place of enjoyment of that one. But what would you like to point out about uh, the five or the one profile? There's a big polarity between those energies where uh, with my five being in the unconscious, I don't think I'm social, but when people are around me, they, they're like, they think I'm an extrovert and I'm really, I'm really not. And I even said this to the people I was around this past weekend. I was talking about this very thing. We were talking about human design came up around people who you would never think would be into this stuff, but it came up as a topic. And I understand that I get an energy boost. I get charged by being around people. So even if I just go to the bank and I don't talk to anybody, I still get charged. So it's not necessarily having to be, you know, interactive with people. So, so for those out there who, you know, who realize there are five and they don't like being around people, you don't have to really interact with them to get the benefits of the energy, you know, of just being in public. But I did want to mention that with the five um, and the conflict thing, as soon as there's a chance that there's there's a little bit of conflict, I feel an immense pressure, and I don't like that feeling. But it but it comes in, and then I'm having to like almost debate with myself: How can I make this better? How can I get out of this sort of conflict? But I also don't want to uh, alleviate my responsibilities. Like, so I, I have to try to find the best of both worlds. And I, I can see how the low end of this is probably like just ignoring things or burning bridges or running away from conflict to the point where you're not, you know, you're not keeping up with your responsibilities. You're not communicating with people. So, um, like Alexander said, uh, you know, and what I've learned from him over the past seven years that we've been, uh, around each other is that the way to handle this energy is to communicate as you go along so that that avoiding conflict energy, that pressure doesn't just build and build and build and build. And then at some point, it just becomes so overwhelming that you just explode and the person is left wondering, you know, what happened because the very thing that caused you to explode <laughs> did not did not cause all of that energy. Right, right. And very, you know, very good to point out. And I think that she exemplified this through her experience of what she went through early in her career in the way that she was, um, you know, advertised and promoted to the world wasn't who she really wanted to be. And it created stress and anxiety. And I'm pretty sure that she wound up having a breakdown from that. And now I think that she's worked with it a lot better to keep that in balance because that's very important for her, her sanity, most everyone's, but especially hers being that 10 and that eight, that, that mental, um, work and the emotional work is very important to keep in a type of balance. And the next thing that I want to bring up is the incarnation cross in the human design. And the incarnation cross is kind of like another, it's similar to the way the birth card works in the card system. It kind of shows you your highest potential. Um, some people call it your, you know, your soul's journey, your soul purpose. Um, but I like to read these out verbatim uh, so that they can sit with people. And so with hers, it's called the left angle cross of upheaval. With your cross, your purpose is to get your hands dirty. Get in the muck and stir things up. You bring the energy to poke at stagnant issues and inspire evaluation, correction, and refinement. 
This energy can create some tension as not everyone wishes to see their issues or to be stirred up. So this was part of what I was talking about of her becoming a humanitarian. She's, you know, very well known, uh, very well backed now. And I feel like she will start getting into situations and subjects that are very important to her. And I really see her as being a powerhouse in affecting change. And because uh, I, I, I see her design from the cards and her design is much more than just an entertainer. But I'm not degrading that entertainer uh, part because it was an important part of her journey. But now her getting closer to her 40s, I think she's going to start really looking. Normally, that shift starts around 35 to where you start instead of focusing on who you want to be from a stature standpoint, you start looking at more of who you want to be from an internal fulfillment standpoint. And so I see her doing like many um, concerts to aid certain situations and, and maybe films to get um, certain information out there. But that's how I see, you know, her cards, her design and her, you know, working together um, especially with that umbrella of that uh, left angle cross of upheaval and showing how important it is for her to stir the pot, so to say. And then in her her centers, she's pretty balanced, very similar to me, with five activated and then four non-activated. And we pretty much, she and I carries the exact same layout chakra-wise except for one center which is the emotional center and uh, the spleen center. She has that activated and I don't. So we've just got a flip-flop of those two. So it's very interesting looking at this. I haven't spent a lot of time like studying it, but she certainly seems like to me that she's on a projection that she's been following her design. And even more importantly, it seems that her family really supported her design. And I can't emphasize that enough that she got the support early in life, as early as four years old, to be in front of people and to have a very uh, good way to get that feed of attention. And I think it's aided her and it's going to make her um, an amazing humanitarian moving forward. So a question from the uh, conspiracy part of me. Um, She's been linked by conspiracy people uh, as being part of the Illuminati, um, what, you know, whatever that is. Um, my question is if she was being used by them to project like their wants or their, uh, plan or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Do, do you think it would be authentic for her in her design to go along with something like that? Or do you think? the way that she puts out energy in her humanitarian kind of activist stuff has to be very um, personal to her. Yeah. I mean, I think it does come down to most heart people, especially, um, you know, it has to be something personal. I don't think that she'll be very successful uh, at promoting something that she's not really behind. But if we go back to like the beginning of her career, that was more or less where she was, more than likely being controlled by, you know, these people, whatever group or club that they want to be uh, called, I'm not going to focus on. But 
But see, there was a period of time where she could do that because, hey, this is just part of me becoming who I want to be and being a star and that kind of thing. But there came a point to where she said, yeah, these outfits and the outrageous stuff is is not really part of what I want to promote anymore. And that's where I think that she's stepping more into her authenticity. And it was very important for her health to to make that shift. And, you know, and we'll see once again just how much she pokes and prods and stirs going in the humanitarian direction and how much she seems to be supported or restricted um, by whatever group, uh, you know, she may or may not be part of. But I think that she's going in a direction that seems to be in alignment with her design. And I think it's going to be more and more important the older she gets that what she stands behind and what she promotes is truly uh, in her heart and soul. And I noticed that she does not have the throat chakra activated. And I was wondering, actually, it's completely open too. So I was wondering what your thoughts are with being a singer. Um, she's she's not a very outspoken person. I, I've rarely heard her talk. Mm-hmm. So um, I can see how she doesn't generate power in her voice um, I mean, she has a lot of power down low, lower below that, that she's putting out in the world by looking at the human design chart. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I've always been confused with the throat chakra being activated around singing. Does that mean that, that people who have it activated should be able to sing a lot better? Uh, does it mean that the people like her who have it completely open will be able to like mimic other people singing or like Jim Carrey doing impressions you know, being able to do other people's voices. I don't, I don't know. This is just questions I'm sure other people have when they start getting into this. Uh, so just my question around singing and, and the throat chakra. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great um, question because in the, in the human design system, the centers, whether they're white or whether they're colored in means that uh, the, the colored in part means that you're projecting that out into the world. And the white part means that you're more empathic and you're absorbing. So I was very surprised to see both of these uh, examples don't have throat chakras. As a matter of fact, they both have the crown open or non-activated, the mind non-activated, and the throat non-activated. And so what this means many times is that that person can feed off of the group energy. So this can be a very reserved person in private, but when they get in front of people like that Ten of Hearts was talking about and like the Incarnation Cross of Lady Gaga, that she feeds off of that forty or 50,000 people and that sustains her. Now, I don't have the throat chakra and Aaron does activated and, you know, I'm limited and most people can hear that there's a more of a strength in Aaron's voice than in mine. But see, I'm isolated. I'm here by myself and we're doing this across states. And so my voice is typically stronger when I'm in some type of performance or teaching a class and there's multiple people around. So that's the way that I see that she uses that almost like a reflection that she's able to take in the strength and power from other people's energy and throat chakras around her. And then she may even have like favorite backup singers or people that she performs with that have those centers activated that are constantly close to her. So, you know, I think that's a beautiful study of this information is seeing 
whether a center is activated or not and how that brings strength in different ways, either to reflect it or self-generate it. And I think that she's an example of a reflecting that energy back. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to move on to Jim Carrey if you are. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good idea to make sure we get uh, ample amount of time with him as well. All right. So let's see what I got on old James Eugene Carey. Uh, he is a 10 of diamonds and a five of hearts, a one, three profile generator in the human design. He was born January 17th, 1962. I think that makes him an Aquarius. Cause I think Capricorn cuts off there. I don't know. He might be around the cusp. I don't know. Uh, I apologize to all the a- astrology experts. Normally out there. the cusp is around um, the 22nd or so, but okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he is a Capricorn. I believe he was born in Toronto. He is a, a Canadian by birth. Uh, he does hold a uh, dual citizenship. And like I mentioned, like Lady Gaga, he was brought up Roman Catholic uh, and he even went to a Catholic elementary school and he was the youngest or he is the youngest of four uh, in his family. At age eight, he started doing impressions in the mirror. At age 15, uh, he did his first stand-up performance. I read that he had a lot of rejection along the way. He would get some like roles here, but then he, it seemed like he wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Like that was That was one of his early dreams and he got rejected at least twice. Um, throughout his early career. Um, but he also even like got rejected sometimes at improv clubs, at like local improv clubs where, where he would have a bad set and then they would not, uh, you know, reinvite him back. So it is interesting to see how the paradigm where like somebody who's not famous yet could do the same set as somebody who's famous and they would be disregarded as, you know, oh, that sucked. But, when, you know, because I'm sure like maybe Jim Carrey has changed over time or maybe he's just, you know, outlasted the change in the world to accept, you know, his style of comedy. Maybe it wasn't as popular or maybe people had to warm up to him or whatever. So maybe he was consistent with it. But um, that's one thing that came to mind was uh, fame does help with people's art, yeah. I think, in, yeah, in that, a certain way. It helps way. with the receptivity of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I'm sure like somebody doing something different, they're going to have, because it's different, they're going to have that energetic lashback where you're going to have people who who like it because they like new stuff or or they really resonate with it. But there's also going to be this huge amount of people who are going to push back on it because it is new, because it's not part of the norm. Yes. Um, and, you know, I wanted to come in here right quick and just say that it's going to be very interesting comparing these two because he's a five of hearts. And she was a 10 of hearts and what that five means. But I want to get to that. But please finish with what you have to offer yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, in April of 2022, he announced his retirement from the, fil- from the film industry saying he's had enough, he's had enough, he's had enough. Um, he is a big advocate of the law of attraction. I know he's dabbled in a lot of like spiritual stuff and for me observing him it's hard to really understand like because he's a comedian where does he actually actually stand in this stuff because just his personality because you know his characters you it's like 
what is he saying that's that he actually stands for and what is he maybe being ironic it it, it is it can be challenging trying to you know uh figure that out and then one point of note that uh could have added some trauma into his life um he's been married several times but when he was dating a girlfriend for three years she died of a prescription drug overdose and i think they ruled it a suicide and later um the husband of that woman that he was dating or something like it was something like that where he tried to sue jim saying that his influence uh you know created a situation where she would get into prescription drugs or something like that but something like that can imprint somebody's life and take away a lot of their energy from focusing on their career you know and i'm sure like having a death of somebody so close to you is is going to play a a huge role in your life so getting into this like right away is that that five of hearts all fives carry a restless energy so see where lady gaga had the ten of hearts she wants to be around family she wants to be in front of people like she has this lure almost for people to want to watch her to where Jim carries kind of the opposite energy. Uh, normally fives don't do well in marriages. And if they do, then normally get married. Normally it's for them to have the experience and see what they can get out of it. Uh, normally fives will avoid commitment at almost all costs because they're concerned on a subconscious level that the commitment is going to keep them from acquiring the task that they've set in front of themselves. And for Jim, it was very important for him to make it to a certain level of success, be that Saturday Night Live or he wound up being on In Living Color or whatever that it was. But for about a 10 year span there, once he got popular, you know, he became one of the most well-paid actors, uh, you know, of the time. And, you know, and I have seen him promote the whole view of manifestation. And I think he's a great example of that to realize that he worked so hard through so much rejection. See, that's the key. I feel like people need to hear when manifestation is coming up is it's about the perseverance and that he set his sights on a certain goal to make something like a million dollars. And he got a contract for a movie. I think it was Dumb and Dumber. That was his first million dollar contract. And so see, he promotes that he was part of manifesting that. Uh, My view or the just philosophy's view is that he set an intention and then he showed up every day chopping his wood and carrying his water. And it wasn't dependent on people receiving him or not. And he built that energy over consistency of effort over a long period of time and wound up being very successful. But that restless energy, see, is always going to be there. So the beauty is that an artist like him isn't going to stay in the same genre the same way. And so from my understanding now that once he he got out of the music business because of the way I feel like that it is run or managed and it limits true artists, that now he's into painting and different expressions of art and he's not doing it for anybody else's approval. So see, he's gone through this beautiful metamorphosis of being an artist and going from seeking people's approval to to get to a certain level to now accomplishing that and then being much more into what it seems like uh, less of the rat race, talking about following happiness and what your soul wants to experience 
And it's that's in alignment with that restless energy. You know, the other card that he carries is the 10 of diamonds and the 10 of diamonds is again, it's a, it's another 10, like her 10 of hearts, my 10 of clubs. So many times tens can be seen as a master number. Diamonds is around what you value. So most people that are carrying a a diamond lifetime, they're here to figure out what they really value and see for a long time. It was recognition for Jim was what he valued. And then I think he saw the cost of that recognition. And so he wanted to leave all that behind and be more into self-expression. So see, I think that that is where like people can change as they're going through their lives and different priorities move to the top of the list, so to say. And that's where I feel like he is now and where I can enjoy any little blip of information because most of what he's talking about is around self-development, self-growth, and artistic expression. And I really, really appreciate that about him. And I feel like that same with where he's at now, that that restlessness is always going to be stirring him to either study different stuff or experience different stuff. So I like to see him as like a true artist that isn't going to be able to be labeled. And they're always going to be going in a direction to constantly pursue what is valuable to him. And but see, the 10 is there so he can gain a lot of success monetarily through groups of people. But that's not necessarily what he is uh, at the top of his value set right now. So I think that, you know, his cards isn't a big shift. It's just kind of like a metamorphosis of dealing with the challenges of restless energy, then getting successful, being more received, well received because of that popularity, his style, like you were talking about. And then him seeing that, oh, this popularity is going to limit me in the way people want to receive me. So I've got to break out of this box. And I think that all of that is, you know, once again, very much in his cards that we're looking at. Yeah, something you said resonated with me. Um, Me being a three of diamonds is the three energy and the five energy in the destiny cards are similar as in like a restless energy. The three is more of a creative energy. I don't know. I don't know how you would describe the five energy. Yeah. More restless, restless, meaning that hard for them to ever be satisfied, like in one area of their life, much less all areas of their life. So there's just this constant nagging to have a different or another experience. So as a child, I could see him being an absolute nightmare of needing the attention doesn't sound like he was very supported in his his methods. And so, see, he had to go out and create his own opportunities to get in front of people to try to sell them what he has to offer. And I think that that was a, a big difference of the lack of support that Jim had and then the wonderful support that it seemed like the Lady Gaga had and the different, you know, experiences that they had in the business, so to say. But I think Jim's leading the way, of course, he's a little bit older about getting, stepping out of that box and doing something that's more important to him. And I do feel that Lady Gaga is going to follow suit. Yeah, the thing I resonated with was the the fear of, of commitment holding them back. And I, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of have that too. And I've never really associated it with the three. But, but I know that some of my fear 
my fear of commitment is is trauma from my childhood uh from the lack of communication between my parents um i have a fear that you know if i ever get into uh like a marriage that that person is just going to stop communicating with me and i'm not going to you know then there's just like this different vibe where you just can't communicate to that person you're not on the same level uh but also when you brought that up i thought Oh yeah, my my fear of commitments in certain ways are my fear of around freedom. Like I'm afraid that I won't be able to be free to express myself freely. Um, and I'm not just talking about like romantic uh, commitments, but just in anything. I I feel like that that does play a role in how I feel, and I've never really mentally understood that until just now. So I thought that, that was an interesting point. But I wanted to ask you how does somebody like Jim manage that restless energy? Uh, if it's always coming up, I know like having an outlet to get it out is important, mm-hmm. but it's always going to be there. And and I think you mentioned something like um, it's very hard for like a five to be satisfied. Uh, so, so how does one who has a five energy ha- uh, manage that energy? It was very similar to uh, how I like to discuss Tibetan sand art. Uh, the d- Tibetan people that practice sand art, they create it in a day typically, and then they, once they create it, they just wipe it away because they have a view that there's no end to creativity and beauty. So if you don't attach to anything, then you can always create more beauty. And that is kind of the mindset that I like to suggest for fives is that like, basically, as soon as you create something, you're going to be done with it and ready to move on to something else. And see, with Jim going into acting or comedy, he could be whoever he wanted to be within the confines of that role. But I happen to, you know, to know and just what little bit I know about him, that he's a very challenging person to necessarily direct. He's most successful in roles where I feel like he's given a lot of leeway in how he ad libs, how he adds little things here and there, because that's part of his specialty is that individual flavor. And so, see, I can see where acting is such a great uh, direction for people that are restless because as soon as they're finished with this role, they're going to go do another completely different role. And I think for Jim, like it wasn't fun for him to go back and do sequels of things, of maybe whether it was The Mask or or Dumb and Dumber or those types of things because I really feel like his design is the type that I want to move on to the next thing. And uh, that's why I do respect him as an artist that he's not willing to get confined. Bob Dylan is another artist that I really respect that he changed his style of music more than any other artist I ever knew because he was concerned about being controlled by what fans liked. And I think that that same kind of control is part of Jim's 10 of diamonds that he needs to be so-called in control of what he's, creating and that will keep his restlessness at bay but if he kept through contracts being forced to play certain roles then that could create a lot of uh, anger animosity in him and again this his generator way is to just dig in and keep going you know bringing in his profile now of being a one three um again one is very important it seems like what he's leaning more towards now is being uh, to himself and creating whatever art he wants to create, you know, and then the the three, uh, as Aaron shared earlier, is the most creative of the six profile numbers. 
And so he's got an outlet for his creativity. And obviously he's grown into what I feel like Lady Gaga will grow into of how to make that alone time uh, cherishable. And I think that that's something that he is doing very well at. And with Jim's centers, he only has two out of nine centers activated. He's so close to being a projector or a reflector, but he does have that sacral chakra that gives him the ability to make all of these things happen that he has. And another very surprising design. I love it when I look at people and some people I can nail and then some people are like very, very different than I imagined. And both Jim and Lady Gaga, but especially Jim is very, very different than I would have taken a guess that his design is. Well, what are some of the things that you would have guessed? Um, I I was kind of shocked to see him so open, but I feel like that makes him able to adapt more into his environment. Um, And then I I wonder if uh, the more entertainers that we do, will will we see, you know, the same like patterns as far as like the non-activated crown or the non-activated emotions because it kind of allows them to to bring in experiences external of them and, and really entertain by feeling into those roles that they may not have actually experienced. Yes. I mean, the, the more white you have in your chart, the more flexibility. So once again, uh, as an actor, that gives him so much room to feed off of those that, you know, are working with. But that doesn't mean that once again, that he's going to be a person that's easy to direct. But if you have a lot of trust in his individuality, and uh, I think the directors that were most successful with him was probably the ones that gave him the most leash, so to say, and room to uh, improvise, as I was saying earlier, because he's not a design that is designed to be directed or managed, you know, at all. And Lady Gaga's really isn't either, but that 10 of hearts that she carried, I think, helped her to see, oh, I need to do this now. Um, the way that they want it. So eventually I can do it my way. And I think that's what she's stepping into. And I know Jim was probably close to 50 or so when he, you know, when he cut away from uh, the whole business, the movie business. So I still see her following in similar footsteps, just breaking out of the box and being and doing her own thing. And it's in gems as the Ten of Diamonds to do humanitarian type of work, too. And I think that that's the direction that he's likely to go. But right now, I really enjoy his self-expression. I think that that is is so important. But it will be interesting the more entertainers that we dabble with to see, um, you know, any consistencies that we can see in that. Yeah, and you, you brought up the Tibetan sand art, and that was something that, that I saw years ago, or I don't know if you shared it with me, but that was something that really impacted me as far as my creativity goes, because I've always been such a creative person, but I don't know, like my creative process, like when I create something, it's mine and I have to try to make it perfect. (laughs) That was old me. That's old me energy. And so the idea of wiping something away after creating it is horror or was horrifying but as i you know the last couple of years i've really started looking at that because that video made an imprint because i it was so shocking to me it was like blasphemy uh to me when i first saw it but now i'm really starting to grow into that and 
you know, I, I've started making music under the name As Above, So Inside. And um, I'm really starting to uh, understand that creative energy that I have uh, and it, which all can also, it feels like a restless energy because I'm always like having to be creative and I have to manage that. And you've taught me how to manage that energy. But I've started looking at uh, cr the, cr the creativity energy as more of like a divine energy coming through me. And there's, there's, you know, it's not really mine. I don't have any ownership over it. And just to let myself be a vessel and in starting this music interest of mine over, I, it's been like just two months. It hasn't been that long. It's been a totally different experience that I've ever had in my life. Whereas in the past, I've been creative, like where I, where I was like mind creative, where I was like, I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, I've had, I would, I would use my mind to think my way towards creativity in this music stuff. I'm just, I'm almost like, again, like a vessel and I'm just putting it together and I have no expectations, no, no judgments, no preferences on what the song is even going to sound like or be about. And it's just come out of me. And I've, I've, uh, named the songs after I've created them. Uh, I've kind of got the idea of the songs, like of, of what it means to me after it's come out of me based on how it made me feel what experiences it's it's helped me to tap into what subtle energies that I felt throughout my childhood that I could be like, wow, wow, this song kind of uh, creates that same feeling in me or, or I can like almost like project my experiences onto it. So it, it's it's been a, a totally different experience, almost like a, a backward way of doing creativity in in the way that I that I used to do it. So I've just felt like I've been in such a flow, like I'm in a natural flow of life. And it's so funny because my uh, astro cartography uh, chart, because I brought this up to people uh, when I said I was going to move to Tennessee, I, I still don't know why I'm here, but I know that I have this influence that's like a, a Chiron Neptune influence. And it talked about how you would become more of an artist. You would uh, you'd have the tendency to become like a recluse of society, like want to want to stay home more to just be creative and you know just to be aware of those energies but i felt like as soon as i moved here that flow has just happened here and and i just i feel that so deeply and and i of course like i wanted that that sort of energy i need to make sure that i'm not being a recluse and that's why i start bowling <laughs> join a meetup group to make sure that i'm getting out and you know so just again like this is how these sorts of systems can help us bring in more consciousness is they can tell us the influences that can happen. Like for this, in this instance, it's the astrocartography, the the places on the map that are going to bring certain influences to you. And then by bringing in consciousness in those, you can make decisions that are best for how you want to live. So again, like I don't want to leave the house because I want to keep being creative, but I understand that I need that to live a balanced life. So I'm kind of like setting myself up. So I have um, a reason to leave the house. So when I have a meetup group, I'm meeting people. So it's not just me. Cause if it was just me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave. I would just be creative all the time. Yeah. And that's a, you know, a great story and sharing of your experience and, and tapping into that. And that's what we wanted to just kind of do with introducing some celebrities, sharing how we relate to them and our own designs and stories that we have, you know, that we can expand like you just shared. 
that the view of Tibetan sand art or the view of creativity uh, never leaving, then you don't have to hold on to it and how that has affected you. But it's been fun to to break these two down. Um, we're not going to get into sharing Jim Carrey's uh, Incarnation Cross. We'll get into that some other time. But he was the right angle cross of laws, which uh, Aaron carries a very similar one. They're labeled the same thing, but they're, they are a little bit different. And the main thing is his is bound to the traditional laws of older customs. So again, I think that he's getting away from the newer stuff and resonating with older ways of being. And I think creativity is taking him to that. And uh, I think that you're growing in your incarnation cross too, through this creativity. So that was a great addition, but it's been fun sharing with everyone. I hope that you got something out of what little bit we shared about these two, uh, but more so around using and utilizing tools in your self-development work and how to optimize that. Yes. And if you're new to this podcast, we do discuss uh, tools and techniques of the just philosophy. And you can check that out at thejustphilosophy.com. Check out our podcast at wisewisepodcast.com. And definitely if you're into or looking into the self-development or growing on a self-growth path and you want to learn how to live more on a wellness, more in the flow, uh, definitely check out our, our other episodes. We put out a free version and a complete version of every topic that we have. And we even had a series uh, called Inward Journey uh, in which we created, wrote stories, a very creative process. And then we uh, reacted to them utilizing the, the just philosophy as just like watching uh, a show or a movie and uh, you know, utilizing the different tools and techniques on how these certain characters could bring more consciousness into their lives. And that's what we do on this podcast is we help to teach you uh, how you can bring in more consciousness. And so you have more choices in your life. Well said. Well, beautiful people, we thank you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Yes. Appreciate your energy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this free version of the Wise Wise podcast. To hear the complete conversation and go deeper into the application of the tools and techniques of the Just Philosophy, head on over to wisewisepodcast.com and become a premium member. You'll get to hear all of our complete conversations, including the complete episodes of our Inward Journey story series and our entire back catalog, and continue your self-development journey with us. We honor your dedication to self-growth, overall wellness, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. Continue on your self-growth journey by visiting thejustphilosophy.com where you are able to connect personally by booking a private consultation with Alexander in person, by phone, or Zoom. Uncover your authentic self more easily with a human design or destiny card consultation. Here you will gain information about your energetic makeup, personality, and your higher self, as well as navigating your way through your relationships. There are also multiple types of reports available for purchase that help you gain insight into your career, relationships, and opportunities for self-growth.
The site also allows you to view a calendar of Alexander's live performances and class schedule, peruse other products such as shirts, CDs, and finally, the revolutionary VibroTune vibrational sound therapy tables. These contoured therapy tables allow you to bathe in a vibrational sonic bath of frequencies, bringing you into alignment on all levels. You will be feeling and hearing calming music synced through vibration and frequency. So again, you can grab all this goodness at thejustphilosophy.com, T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 25 years in his personal studies, private practice, and professional environment. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We want to thank you for working on you. Keep shining your light and refining your vibe.